When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Liverpool and Manchester City's entertaining 2-2 draw at Anfield. Andros Townsend's Cristiano Ronaldo impersonation at Old Trafford. Chelsea leaving it late to take all three points against Southampton. Tottenham ending their losing streak with a win over Villa. And we will discuss the first second of the season, Cisco Munoz out at Watford. That's what's coming up in today's episode. Okay, Robbie Earl, mm. what, a, what a game. What a game at Anfield. Liverpool wow. 2, Manchester City 2. So much to talk about, so mm. much to enjoy. All I know is that when we came back into the studio, Rob, after the game had finished, it was such a exhilarating yeah. game full of, I think my first comment was like, brilliant, brilliant mm. game, mate. Brilliant managers doing their thing, brilliant players and brilliant goals. What a sensational advert for the Premier League as we got mm. to listen to the managers afterwards saying that. And I think it was Pep, wasn't it, saying yeah. this? Yeah. This is why this it is kind really... of is the best league in the world. What a game, my friend. Where do you mm. want to start with it? I want to start with my sadness. And I won't talk for you on this, but my sadness at that. I used to play in the Premier League. And I used to run up and down and tackle <laughs> me, and things. Me too. And it looked nothing like what I saw today, Rob. Today was like football of the highest club level. It was like a Champions League, top Champions League game. There was, there was athletes all over the pitch. There was magnificent skill levels. There was strength, there was balance, there was speed, there was tactical know-how. It, it, it had all the ingredients. And, and I know some people might say, well, it was nil-nil at half-time. I thought it was a brilliant game of football for um, Manchester City's possession, their movement, their understanding of what they do, the, the cohesion in, in between each other. I, I thought it was, was outstanding stuff. And second half, maybe less football, more goals, more drama, uh, some brilliant finishing. Uh, we'll talk about Mo Salah and, and, and just how he continues to be um, playing at another level. But more than anything, I, I want to say just appreciation of a brilliant game of football. You know, we can talk tactics, we talk about points, and we can talk... But that's what the Premier League is all about. What what we saw today was all the good elements of what the Premier League is about. In the pre-game show, Rob, we talked about a, a flank. Mm. A key flank, and it was Manchester City's left against Liverpool's right. Because there was key matchups there that we weren't really sure... Who is going to win out? First of all, Rob, let's just rewind a little bit. In terms of Man City's lineup, yeah, again, like Pep, false nine, I, I, take it's, your it's, pick. It's me. I'm, the, I'm the unlucky one that's to try and read his team and put a formation up on our screen mm. for our broadcast, and it's hard to read him. We've never mm. seen Grealish play the, the false nine uh, for Manchester City. That's what he did. When you expect, well, Grealish is going mm. to be against James Milner, it wasn't. It was Phil Foden up against James Milner, Rob, mm. and wasn't that the key matchup that really Man City didn't capitalise on the first 45 minutes because they dominated. Phil Foden dominated James Miller in that spot. Well, the the funny thing is, and and the thing I'll say is, we, you, I, have got to stop trying to think what Pep thinks because this this guy, (laughs) you know, is just on another another planet. Because the, the interesting thing, Rob, is you kind of think, okay, Grealish is a false nine. It's it's got, and I think we talked about an early pod that he could play in there. He's got good control. He draws people in. He's got good appreciation of teammates and movement and space. But what we thought was, got to play Grealish against Milner. Grealish yeah. against Milner is a really great title. Yeah, he sticks Phil Foden there. And Phil Foden gives James Milner as tough a 45 minutes as I can remember Milner playing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it's like you scratch your head and like, what's Pep doing? And then you see what occurred and Foden gets goals and this and involved in most of their good playing, you kind of think, hmm, this, this guy's got it, kind of got it worked out somehow. Yeah, and, and I think the shock was at half-time that, that it was nil-nil. Mm. 
and they didn't take advantage of it. And we did wonder whether that might come to haunt them later on. Yeah. Um, and the big decision, Rob, I know at half time, certainly I felt, I think we both agreed that James Milner was, that was a problem. Yeah. That was a problem. And we speculated whether they might make a change there. There was a couple of options that he mm. could have done. He actually yeah. did do one of the options a little later in the game, but he didn't. Mm. Now, We'll get on to talk about the, the tackles of James Miller and the potential red card, et cetera, et cetera. Phil Foden did score yeah. in that position against Milner. Milner was very close to getting sent off with a second yellow card. Did Jurgen Klopp, Robbie, get away with that decision to keep Milner in that spot? Or was it great management mm. and he fixed the problem at source mm. where it wasn't as much as an issue in the second half? More the second. Uh, I think he fixed a problem with a little bit more press, with a little bit more possession, obviously attacking and, and, and pinning City back. I think he trusts James Milner. I think that has a lot to do with it, Rob. I think if he's a different individual, I think if it's Gomez, he drags him off. I think if, it, if, if it's, I don't know, somebody else playing there, I don't think, I think he, he trusts James Milner. He yeah, said even, he, even with what happened, Rob? Even, even with what happened, he got really happened, lucky he, not to go down 10 men. Absolutely, because of the thing. And, and listen, you can't preempt what's going to happen. And he was lucky. He, he should have got a second yellow card for the foul on Bernardo Silva. And it totally changed his game. Mm. Yes, you know, if, if some will say, oh, well, if that was Frank or Ali and something, we criticise him. I just think it was interesting when he came after the, um, after the game and spoke to our boys at, at, at the, uh, on the touchline. He said, interestingly enough, my half-time talk wasn't let's change, let's do. He said, was let's play like we're supposed to play. Because if we play like we're supposed to play, we won't be having the problems. And so that's him trusting in these processes, him trusting in the players. And they got a better performance second half. And I kind of think that too, Jurgen Klopp, is, it, it is a bit of a gamble. But I think he's prepared to take that gamble, Rob. Mm. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, mm. no question it worked out. They get a point from the game. On that same flank... The other kind of matchup, again, that we w- were excited about, Mo Salah, mm. quiet in the first 45 minutes yeah. against Joe Cancelo. Cancelo, mm. again, that, that part of this flank, the City side of it dominated with some mm. great passes and getting on the ball and looking a million bucks. The second half, my friend, things turned around and Mo yeah. Salah came alive. How special was, first of all, the assist for, for mm. Saudi Mane, but then the spectacular piece of art that we saw for Liverpool's second goal? Well, uh, let me get to Mo Salah in a moment because you, you, you pose a good question. I mean, the, other, the, the thing I would say, Rob, then, in, in, in contrast to Milner is you could almost make the same argument of, of Pep. Did he make, get it wrong with putting Cancelo against Mo, who's their best striker, the most dangerous? Because, and you mentioned it all the time, it's all about possession. When City have possession, yeah, Cancelo's yeah. such... Yes. A positive force in the team. When right. they haven't got possession and he's been run at, it can be a liability, as Lee Dixon said, with, the, yeah. with the, fat, the, the the sort of lazy challenge he does on the halfway line. Most Salah breaks free and all of a sudden they're in. So, again, it, it's about choices. It's about managers. It's about who you trust. Pep believes his team are going to have the ball, so Kinsella is more important to him than maybe a defender who's going to sit back and maybe mark most Salah but not be as, as involved in that build-up play that we saw was excellent. So those are the, the dilemmas that these mm. top managers have and they work it out. But you're right, let, let's concentrate on Mo Salah, Rob, because six Premier League goals now joint high in the league. I think it's nine goals in his last nine appearances yeah. or competitions. His rate of goals is spectacular. His quality of goals is spectacular. He does it all from a unique position. I'm never, I don't think we've ever seen a wide player score as many goals as this guy. I can't think of... Thierry well, Henry to a certain degree, but he was more central than... than, than I mean, Ronaldo, early in his career, was a wide player, got yeah, a lot of goals, he didn't get, then he, moved he didn't centrally. Get, yeah, he didn't get those goals. He didn't get Salah numbers, though. He, he got goals, but he didn't get... I mean, this guy's ridiculous, Rob. The, the assist is lovely, good appreciation of his teammate, great movement from... Mane and Jota to, to to create the opportunity. I mean, the second goal, you you you've called it a piece of art. I mean, that that that. I mean, there's there's so much that's good about it. The speed of it, the touch of it, the feel of it, 
the understanding, the knowing that he's going to show the defender that I'm going to kick this with my left foot and I'm going to pull my foot back and you're going to have to go to block this, knowing that when he does that, Laporte's going to go to ground and then he's going to chop it onto his right. Then he chops it onto his right, Rob, and moves quicker than your eyes can see. The speed of movement from having his balance on his left foot to gain it onto his right and then hitting it across a top class goalkeeper with his weaker right foot. It's, it almost happens in a moment of days. It's, I mean, that's goal scoring at the very, yeah. very highest level. That's Ronaldo and Messi level. That, that's up yeah. there with that. Yeah, it, it, it looks out of this world. The, 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 the way that, it, of course, we're blessed in the Premier League with, all, mm. with so many cameras mm. and these super slow motion cameras yeah. where he gets to the ball to shoot and you look at the strain to make the steps, to mm. get to the ball quick enough so he can take the goalkeeper out with a quick early shot and maybe just glance the post that goes in at yeah. the far side. It, it was stunning. And it's like when you started the podcast, Rob, saying about like when we played, it was like a different... I mean, <laughs> can you imagine trying to stop that as a, as a defender? So, it, listen, it, it, of course, it wasn't all about Mo Salah. No. But again... Just when you think he's a little quiet in the first half, he comes alive and changes the match. Um, just just a, a spectacular goal and an, an improved Liverpool in the second half, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Through just really a bit more intensity. Yeah. Got amongst the City players a little bit more, a little bit braver to pass the ball because they didn't pass the ball no. in the first half. And City love that. If you don't pass the ball well against them, oh, thanks. We'll have it back. Mm. And we're going to pass it well. Yeah. And you're going to get forced back because of our possession. Mm. So it, it had everything. Um, I mean, let me get to the James Milner yeah. thing, Rob, because yeah. this interests me. And, and, you know, sometimes on social media, I think some fans mm. think we have a bias towards Liverpool, which I certainly don't. Um, and, and I think we always try to be honest and objective. I mean, why does James Milner not get a second yellow for the foul on Bernardo Silva? Is is because it's James Milner? Is it because he's been a great lad? He's got a great career. He's well respected no. in the game. Does, does any of that play in? Well, why does James Milner not? And let me think. Of, I've got an answer for you, but you go of, ahead. Of I don't know, Eric Dyer, or I don't know, somebody in another team who's ah, that's another silly tackle from him. You know, if if that's Granite Jacker, Granite Jacker for me gets a oh, second yellow card. Gets a yeah. second yellow card. Yeah. So why does James Milner not get a second yellow then? Because Paul Tierney, the referee, is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> or Paul Tierney made an awful mistake. And to be fair, and I'm sure our listeners and viewers know this, but because it's a second yellow, yeah. it's yeah, not VAR checked. Yeah. Mm. Only straight reds are checked by VAR. Yeah. So it's that little... i got to say, I don't like it. I think if it's a second yellow, why not VAR look at it? Because it could lead to a yeah, red. Yeah, I think exactly. there's a little tweak mm, in the in the yeah. in the uh, abilities of VAR to get involved. Mm. We don't want them involved no, a lot. No. But second yellows kind of are a big deal. And that that was a stonewall yellow card. And again, yeah. we don't want to see players get sent. No, off. that's not it what it was. It was an about, amazing but, game of football. Yeah, and in yeah. some ways, everybody's pleased. Maybe not, maybe not the Man City fans were pleased, but it was such a great game of football mm. after that. It was 1-1, one, one, Rob. Yeah, it was 1-1 yeah. one, yeah, one with about 25 yeah. minutes to go. Yeah. And City with an extra man, it changes oh, everything. Oh, I'm not sure Liverpool the game, yeah. can get out. So yeah. it, 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 was, it was a mistake. And it was a is a pretty big That's a bad error then. In, in that big game of that magnitude, and we just talked about all the brilliance and the great things yeah. in the Premier League. That's not good enough, mate, to be honest. That's not good enough. Because that decides the game. And then, you know, the standard of refereeing, of, that was, we've got to look at it. And if it means that we have to go to VAR, we should do because Manchester City should have played 10 men in the final stages of that game. And it could have meant two, uh, two more points for City mm. that would have put them, you know, top of the table and, and have beaten uh, Liverpool. Thinking about the table, Rob, um, mm. and having a good look now, we've had a few seven yeah. match days. Yeah. Um, I think at this here. point, I think at this point, mm. Liverpool and City kind of been looking like they've warmed up lovely. Yeah, Chelsea top, them, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, after after watching them today, Liverpool mm. and Man City, how mm. does this game, if anything, affect your thoughts on who might win the title? Reaffirms my choice that I said Manchester City and I still think I know everybody's going to keeps on about the false nine. It kind of doesn't hit hurt me as bad. 
I know that he changes the rotation of his players up there, doesn't breed as much familiarity and, and rhythm as other teams. He's a different manager. He wants a different style. For the first half of the game, Rob, the dominance of possession, and on the basis they paid Chelsea last week, disarmed Chelsea, had them on the back foot. For 45 minutes, disarmed Liverpool, kept the crowd quiet and would have taken chances. Their football is grooved, is on point. Players, I think, will get better and and, and rhythm will come a little bit more. I'm happy with City. I I still think City Mm. are going to be the team to beat. I said Chelsea, and I think mm. what, what I think we're gathering, and we're going to get onto Man United in, in just one minute, between these two and Chelsea, it looks like where the, the Champions is going mm. to come from. Mm. Um, I've got to say, looking at this game, these two look revved up to do it. And Liverpool now, they're right up there, mate, with, with you know, favourites maybe. I don't know. I know the bookmakers mm. still had Man City mm. favourites, or, or certainly between these two. Um, this game just re- reassured how good these two look right now and absolutely ready and fired up for a title challenge. The football from City, the attacking prowess of, of those front players in Liverpool uh, is was special and uh, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely a marvellous, marvellous game of football. Let's move it to Old Trafford, my friend, where maybe the football wasn't quite as great, but there was plenty of drama. Uh, big personalities, characters on show. Rafa Benitez taking his Everton team that started the season well to Old Trafford. He's won twice there with two different teams. Would have been the first manager to have won there three times with three different sides if he got the win. That possibly could have come with a better decision from Ben Davies taking Tom Davies taking on on the shot. Um, from Manchester United's point of view, Rob changes in the starting lineup. So Ronaldo rested. Cavani came in. Martial got his second Premier League start when we weren't particularly sure that, that he might have started with the likes of Lingard and Sancho. Greenwood played on, on the other flank. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is the, uh, the centre role. And then there was the, the middle two, wasn't there, of McTominay and Fred in the holding positions. Mm. No Maguire at the back, the usual back four, and De Gea in goal. Yeah, and um, listen, they started the game pretty well, Rob, I thought. I thought they moved the ball mm. quickly. I thought they used the flanks. Good possession, good tempo, good energy. The stadium was enjoying the football. But I remember looking up at the clock, and I think it was about kind of 15, 20, 25 minutes, mm. and it just started to drift away a little bit. And this is kind of a familiar pattern. Like It's like they all know what they want to do. They're all fired up. They start great at Old Trafford. Mm. And then maybe a, a lack of a real strong foundation in terms of their strategy and game plan. It starts to look a bit not very good. And Martial was a little bit surprising for me. He started on the left-hand side yeah. when you've, you've you've got maybe Jesse Lingard that maybe deserves a start, given what he's done. Got a couple of goals already. Jaden Sancho, whichever way you want to think about it, either needs a, a bit of a break or give him some more minutes. But it was Martial and he got the goal. Missed ahead early on. Um, but it came down to, again, again, a, a piece of brilliance from Bruno Fernandes, who yeah. is a special, special footballer with his take, the control, the mm. setup for Martial. Uh, and then, of course, it's 1-0, Robbie Earl. Now, control. I'll throw it back to you. At 1-0 at Old Trafford against a weakened Everton team with, with their best two forwards not available, aren't, don't the United fans deserve a a team that can manage better? Now, whether it's managing to go and get the second and third goal or managing to keep possession to defend with the ball. I will say this, Rob, as, as I throw it to you. Weren't we always taught and we had learned that the way to attack and play football is attack safely. Mm. Attack mm. safely. Mm. Basically means get on the front foot, do your thing to try and score, but be very careful. Have insurance uh, and, and be safe about it. Man United, again, another example of chaotic Football a little bit and drama. Rebecca asks at half time, what's going to happen? I said, well, let's see if they can manage the game. But I suspect there's going to be more drama. And there was. Well, it's interesting you say that. And, and we've both done, I mean, we've done the UEFA coaching badges. Uh, I'm not sure how the US ones work, but I'm, I'm sure it's similar. But when you do your, your, your coaching sessions and, you, and your, your phases of play, and you'll do some attacking play, the last thing that you have to address, the coach always says is, what is your safety? What's your security? 
And that point being, like, you've got overlapping wingers at your session. So you get some balls into the, the, the wide players. They come in field. Your fullbacks go overlapping and you're getting crosses in and you're having chances and you're coaching that. And then they always say, stop, stand still. What's your security? What basically mean? What if they head it out and they're going to attack you? Who have you got? And you have to have sometimes one holding midfield player or two holding midfielders or a centre back who's coming in. You you work on on ways to say if this breaks down, how am I going to stop the play or yeah. have to keep it in in that half? I always it seems to me with Ollie, he doesn't think like that. I don't think they particularly think like that. I don't think there's that kind of, hold on, hold it here. What if, my, one of my coaches would say, what if, you know, as the, 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 the corner's been taken for, for Manchester United and Everton have got everybody back, what if, what if they break away? How are we going to defend? What if they hit us on, on the break? And I look at this Manchester United team, Robin, and I know we keep going back to it. And it, it's kind of like, an old conversation, an old... McTominay and Fred are not good enough. Right there is part of the problem. Not mm-hmm. good enough, mate. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that's, you know, you can, you can skin it up many ways and the team plays not good enough that they keep enough possession and is grooved well enough to keep the ball. But your two holding midfield players are not good enough. If they were available for transfer, none of the other top six teams would take them. Mm. And, that, and that does hint at a problem with recruitment. And to be fair, I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer on the most part has made some good recruitment. Yeah. But $100 million on Jaden Sancho mm. when you could have potentially used that huge amount of money mm. to tempt maybe Declan Rice, mm. maybe Calvin, Eve, Phillips. Eve, Calvin Phillips, Eve Basuma, mm. who, who at Brighton, it looks yeah. a special, special player. So yeah. that was his core. Let me let me throw... And, and, and the Fred with the goal, with the counter-attack, with mm. Damari Gray... You know, there's three players around that should have been snuffed out. Let me throw this one, Robert. And there's something I read actually on social media about a comparison to Frank Lampard. And you just said it, that maybe Oli doesn't think about the balance part of it or, or defensively ready for stuff. Do you think there's a comparison here? Frank Lampard, new players in, different expectation, and he couldn't really get the, the balance of the team. I remember clearly Rob was talking about it. They look good going forward. They get caught in the counter-attack. Yeah. And like it kept happening, they tweak it, try something else. It was better. Then it stopped happening again. And obviously, Roman Abramovich is like, no, I'm going to bring in a different coach. And it, 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 it changed instantly. And we're at the situation now where Man United, a very talented squad, mm. we need a different coach to sort of like, okay, here's my players. i got all these options. Okay, this is what we're going to do. And to end some of this, Poor management and giving away bad goals defensively, getting caught. It's a really good point um, in that sometimes you look at the players and, you know, we, we don't know if it's the players or does the manager go in with the same group of players. You look at Chelsea, Rudiger wasn't part of things, Alonso wasn't part of things, Aspilicueta was, was in and out, all of a sudden they're, you know, regular players having a, a big part in things. It's the same thing, Robert. I was doing a little bit of research on United and, and talking, looking at and I came across a stat that somebody said to me that, Everyone keeps saying, like, Fred and McTominay are not good enough. And they said, you know, when Sir Alex Ferguson was at Manchester United, and I think the famous win was 8-2 against Arsenal. Do you know the two holding midfield players that day? Tom Cleverley and uh, Anderson. Said, no world yeah. beaters. No. But the team was set up in right. a way, in a structure, that those right. two were, did their job, and you, they went and won eight goals. They said, so... You can't always, it's not always like, let's go and buy this, let's go. You know, if yeah. they go and buy another holding midfield player, is that it's it? Still then? Or is there something else? Yeah. Is there something else then? You know, was the right back or was Wan Bissaka not quite right? I mean, yeah. it's, this, group of, this group of players is good enough to go close to winning a title, should be in a title race, at least down the track. Before we give some love to Everton, Rob, just one yeah. last point from me. And it's funny because I was with my son and we were like looking at the, the, the United squad. And, and there's a ton of options, by the way. Mm. How about trying something different? Yeah. How about trying how about trying McTominay as a holding player and having a, a three-man midfield that might be Pogba, could be Bruno, could be Donny van der Beek, you know, you, mm. or three at the back with wing-backs and play yeah. two up front. How about Cavani and Ronaldo? Or how about Greenwood in and around Ronaldo? Mm. There's a ton of options mm. that the manager... Well, I'm not saying that he starts... Chopping and changing all the time, but with this amount of quality players, like Tuchel, he went in there and like, uh, okay, with what we've got here, three at the back, 
How about two holding players? So we stop the counter-attacks. It might be the similar at Man United. Go with three centre-backs, two holding players, and let everybody else go forward. There, what we're saying is there's other options. Yeah. And the 4-2-3-1 all the time puts, it, yeah. Puts, yeah. puts Pogba in a funny spot. Mm. Don't trust him in the middle. There's other systems to try and utilise what he's got. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of something different from Ole going, going forward. I'll tell you one man who does know his systems, who does set his team as well, Rafa Benitez, Rob, uh, deserves some huge credit. Everton's at fifth in the league, uh, only two points behind the top teams. You know, they played, I remember the, seeing this result, they played a pre-season friendly against Manchester United, got beat 4-0 Everton, and there was a lot of talk on social media and a few of the, the blogs and that, you know, Rafa, he's a Liverpool manager, he's not the right guy, the football wasn't going well. And there was, I think people were expecting, you know, a bad start and get him out pretty quickly. It was, you know, that kind of talk. Um, but I think even though hard knows Everton fans would have to say that he's organised his team. There's a nice system of play. They play three at the back at times. They've, they've changed it round. They've put Jamari Gray underneath the striker. When they need to, they play him in a wide position when maybe Richarlison and, and mm. Calvin Lewin are right. Uh, there's a system of play, Rob. There's an understanding. He pays two million for Demari Gray, who looks ten times better at the moment than Jaden Sancho. I know it's early, but I'm making comparison of like for like, wide players, young wide players. Um Andres Townsend is revitalized in, in that position that the the managers put him in. And this wasn't just about how poor Man United were or didn't control the game. This was also how Everton could have gone mm. on and won it if Tom Davis mm. takes the shot on and could have been very different. So, huge credit to Rafa and, and, and Everton. Yeah, I mean, shape, structure, spirit, mm. you know, to go to go 1-0 down and have the, the spirit to believe they can get back in the game and then have an opportunity late on when Tom Davis goes through yeah, yeah. right on goal and, listen... Yerimina is slightly offside. If he's not, it's a great play from Tom Davis. But how about going through yourself and trying to dispatch that ball uh, and win the game for Everton? Absolutely agree with you, Rob. And and and, and Damari Gray, it's I mean his confidence is oozing out of his body with what he's doing at the moment. But there was some some pretty special uh, performances in this team. And also you got Ron Rondon up front, a thirty-two yeah. year old free transfer yeah. out of Chinese football. I mean, Anthony Gordon, a young 20-year-old player on the left-hand side. I mean, I know we've been here a million times with Everton and reasons to be excited. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they should be excited, but they should be pretty content. Satisfied, yeah. That yeah. the, the management mm-hmm. of this club is in mm-hmm. a nice spot and they'll, yeah. I, I imagine they'll be looking to carefully build mm-hmm. the team for the future. Yeah, there was a time when Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin didn't play and you think, oh, that's the end of Everton, but yeah. not at all in this game. And my underappreciated player of the week, actually, my friend, goes to Andros Townsend, scorer of the goal, imitating badly the Ronaldo celebration. <laughs> I think went to talk to Ronaldo, got brushed aside because Ronaldo, I think, was more upset with his, his team and his teammates than he was with Andros Townsend. Townsend apparently ended up getting a Ronaldo shirt, which was great for him. And it, and it was nice, Rob, to hear Townsend talk. One, in a way, that he, he seemed to be enjoying his football new lease of life from a player who, you know, we've looked down the years and said, you know, he's got talent, but mm-hmm. he doesn't bring the consistency. He's scoring goals. He's making goals. He talked glowingly of working with Rafa and the responsibility and having a bit of pressure to win games now more so and have the ball that maybe more than he did at, at Crystal Palace. And the other thing that I thought was nice from, from Andrews Townsend was his appreciation of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, how he respect. said how this guy is, is, is somebody I've looked up to the way he works, the way he goes about his business. I thought for a modern-day current professional to, to do that to another was, was I thought, was, was a, a bit of class, actually. And um, he, he continued to grow on me, Andrew Townsend. Well, you know what? It, it, like, we'll give credit when credit's due, mate. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't mind putting my hand up and saying when I was wrong. I remember saying, whether on a podcast or in the studio, that Andros Townsend, a 30-year-old free transfer from Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. was a nothing signing. It was like, what, you know... That's yeah. that's what I thought and I said at the time. Yeah. Um, and fair play to Andros Townsend. By the way, what a lovely guy he is. What mm. a smart and a, and a great guy and a great talker he is afterwards. Um, three goals now, isn't it? In, and two assists yeah. in seven appearances yeah. Yeah, for nothing, for free transfer mm. on the right hand side. Uh, is brilliant. 
and I love the respect he has for the manager as well. Yeah. He's loving life. He's loving being a part of a team that's at the top end of the table mm. and not the other end, which he's had before at Palace and Newcastle United. So great yeah. shout. Totally deserved. I underappreciated him. And it's great to see him doing so well at Everton. Absolutely. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Let's move it on to Stamford Bridge, my friend, where we've got an eventful game. Uh, Chelsea versus Southampton. Uh, looked like it's going to be one of those Timo Werner days where the goal doesn't go in. The ball is not going to go in the net for a number of reasons. But we had all kinds of incidents in the game. Chelsea managed to find a way, Rob, to, to win the game 3-1. A little bit courtesy of a kind of mm. dubious red card and maybe James Ward-Prowse with a, a yellow card that was upgraded to a red due to VAR. I know you were particularly mm. unhappy with that. You are watching that game. But mm. Thomas Tuchel's team... Deserve the points? Yeah, yeah, they did. The end, they took advantage of a call, which I thought was mm. a questionable call, really. The yellow card for me was was accurate enough. It wasn't a clear and obvious error where VAR should have said, well, hang on a minute, oh, you give me a yellow, but come on, this is a red. It's a yellow and a half challenge, right? So if he gives a red or a yellow, it's not, it's not clear and obviously wrong. So yeah. listen, we talk about, it's all individual, it's, it's subjective, nature of these calls and some you're going to get some you aren't going to get I just feel particularly for Southampton in this game because you know a team that's struggling they don't have to show some spirit they don't have to have a go they don't have to press and try and play their football to create their own chances and that obviously made all the difference but that's when two Colin Chelsea took over Rob and yeah. some of the passing and getting in behind those uh, Southampton defenders the final ball in those two strikers like rushing in on the goal of course uh, finally Tim Werner gets his goal and then a, a really nice strike from uh, Ben Chirwell. Um, they get it done. And and from 1-0, you know, it wasn't managed perfectly, yeah. but they win 3-1. You know, mm. we just talked about Man United being 1-0 up and, and they found a way not to, to win the game. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea not super slick at the moment. Obviously, Tim Werner's getting a bit of a run in the side. Yeah. Callum Hudson-Odoi got a, a shift as well as one of those front players. Yeah. They could do with Mason Mount. Well, of course, they mm. come into the came game. on, didn't he? Yeah, and Christian Pulisic. You know, they, they yeah. need some. They need some other couple of players around Romelu Lukaku who's mm. going to chip in with some goals and some, you know, really get involved in attacking play. It's that's just just mm. not quite on it in that final third. I just notice, you know, before watching Chelsea, and I, I've seen his name come up, Ruben Loftus Cheek, my friend, and um, I've got a friend who's close at Crystal Palace. He was on loan there maybe about eighteen months ago now, Loftus Cheek. Uh, as a you know, young Chelsea professional who couldn't make it into the team then. I think he might have been under Frank, early days of Frank. He went alone to Crystal Palace for a while. We saw him at Fulham last season. And my friend said, when you see him day in, day out in training, his words were, he's got everything. Yeah, He can run, he can head, he can pass, he can score. He's got good physicality and he's a good athlete. He said all the things you want in a, in a modern-day midfield player there, he said, just hasn't quite got the mentality and the rhythm of playing games and having a knock sometimes and keep on playing games. He said he needs reps. He said if he gets reps, he said, he said he's a real talent. Now, I suppose the worry I would have for Loftus-Cheek in a team like Chelsea is if you get in, it's hard to stay in and you're not going to get enough reps to kind of show the manager what you, you're all about. You know, how difficult is it's difficult for these young players, Rob, who's English, who's come through an academy, who's maybe not quite seen as part of the first 11, 12, 13. You know, where's he going to play his football? Where's, he going to, where's his career going to come? Is it at Chelsea? Is he, is he that level? Or might he have to drop down and, and play on a regular basis? If he wants to start getting four or 500 Premier League games under his belt, then his career, he's going to have mm. to start playing somewhere. So you say, or... or... Was it Brighty? Who was it your friend of yours Brighty, saying about? Brighty, yeah. Right, he's a crystal power. He so he can't have everything, Rob, can he? I think well, I, he I, I agree. He needs, he needs to play and learn it, learn the he's game a bit. Fair bit. He's not 18, 19 years yeah, of age anymore, he is he? He games, has he? You know in games, Rob, where 
you know, after a while, sometimes you get to an hour and you're a bit tired and you have to get through it. Sometimes you know to sit in. Sometimes you know the game's being played. These things you learn as you play. I mean, I was fortunate. I played from 17 professionally. So by the time I was 21, I had a good knowledge of an, an understanding. Some of these kids have only played youth football for a lot, a lot of the game. Do you know there's a little comparison, Rob, I want to make, and we're going to try and get into the, the reasons for it. He's got, he's got as much talent, more talent, more physicality, like you said, he's got the tools to do everything, yeah. than Declan Rice. Declan yeah. Rice yeah. has got yeah. something between the ears mm. that, that affects a game, that, that you know, is determined to do the right things with and without the ball. I don't know whether Ruben Loftus-Cheek has the, the wherewithal to, to constantly affect the game on all sides of it. As a midfield good, player... good comparison. You've got... Do you know what I mean? In terms of tools, Loftus-Cheek's got everything. Let, let me throw one at you. And I know this is, you know, some conversation we should try and have longer, maybe talk to a couple of young players. But let me just throw one thing at you. Rejection. Declan Rice was at Chelsea as a kid and got rejected and went to West Ham. And sometimes rejection fuels you to prove people wrong. Because mm. there's, there's a steely, fiery determination in Declan Rice. That isn't. Now, I'm not saying there's some academy players, Rob, who have not played kicked a ball yet and are earning thousands of pounds a week and have never kicked a ball or rarely kicked a ball in the Premier League. That can sometimes dim your ambition. And I'm not one to say don't pay the players. All I'm saying is make sure the balance is right and so that hunger, the Declan Rice hunger is there, even if you're at a, a club and, you know, being successful coming through the academy. Shouldn't just be a rejection that you almost like, right, I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove you wrong. I mean, going go to Crystal Palace, I mean, it's not a rejection, but it's like you, you've, got to go and, you've got to go and improve. You've got to go and take your game to another mm-hmm. level to come back to Chelsea. No, he's got an opportunity right now. And uh, we'll see. That yeah, the midf- I just think it's an interesting uh, one to, to yeah. keep an eye on. And yeah, know, he has got the tools to, to do the job. Okay, mm. my friend, let's move it on to Tottenham Hotspur, at home to Aston Villa. Uh, a little bit of pressure building up on Nuno. Obviously, things not going quite as they would have planned after the first three games, three wins. Um, they managed to get to get the win this time. Lucas Moore, I think, going in, I think he actually went down as a target own, own goal. Um, yeah. Bear with a lovely first finish for, for Tottenham. Ollie Watkins bringing Aston Villa level in the game. Um, Tottenham got the job done. I think it's one of those stages where results are more important than performances at the moment. Nuno wants to play and he's still this transition. Mm-hmm. I suppose the headline is good win. No Kane Premier League goal again. I mean, he got a hat-trick in 20 minutes in the whatever league, conference league. Um, but no goals in the Premier League, Rob. Does that... You know, the longer this goes on, the more the narrative and the story continues, doesn't it? From the 120-odd million move to Man City that didn't happen, and now mm. the Harry Kane who can't quite get his head around it. Yeah, it, it will continue, Rob. I mean, I, I'm not a... He's going to score goals quick soon. Mm. I mean, he, he just looks a, maybe a little bit flippant, Rob. We saw a little, a couple of little kind of flamboyant efforts at goal. It's going to come. Mm. It's going to come. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's obviously a class player. Um, I don't know what his mind, where his mind's at. Not always easy to tell with yeah. Harry Kane. He's not yeah. one of those, Rob, that wears his heart on the sleeve. We can see how he's, how he's feeling at the moment. Uh, it's a really important win for Spurs. I mean, a really yeah. important win. I mean, it you know, eases the pressure. It shoots up the table a little bit. Uh, and he's still learning. I said this all the way through. Now, in this lineup, Rob, you've, you have got Emerson Royal, who, who mm. hasn't had a brilliant start. No. But he's probably going to be there starting right back. Christian Romero, the new player, the one Italian defender of the year, last yeah, season, started yeah. the game. Um, and I see that Harry Skip started as well mm. in that midfield alongside Hoiberg. I, I think Skip and Hoiberg have got to be in the team. I know you want more flair and then Dumbley started yeah. the game as well. He's still working through it, Rob. And, and I think, you know, let's let's give him some more time, some more games, take a look. Mm. Again, Aston Villa are, are, are a dangerous team, particularly away from home. The counter-attacking of those Ings and Ollie Watkins. Watkins scored a really good goal. Um, and then a couple of close attempts as well. That's a good win. That's a good win. And I think that just eases a little bit of pressure and uh, gives him some more time and confidence to, to again, work through mm. who he wants to use regularly. Deli Alley left out. Yeah. Hasn't done much. I'm surprised because 
I'm a fan of Delhi, and I and I struggle to understand how he can't get near to what he was before. But Nuno's got to make big calls, and he is doing that, and he'll continue to do that and learn as he goes. Yeah, it was interesting because I watched the um, Spurs game against Mura in the Did you? Um, Brilliant, in the yeah. Conference you have nothing, nothing else to do. Yeah, my it was one of them. I just thought I'll, I'll, I'll have a little look at that, and it was interesting. The team Delhi Ali started, and all right, you no, know, he left. He left uh, Lucas Moura, he left Sonny, he left uh, Harry Kane on the bench. Almost, I think, like they're there if I need them, but I, we should have enough today. Well, it got, scoreline got they were two 0 up, went back to two one. Delhi Ali scored for the penalty. Uh, got it back to two one. Moura, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, big boys, on you go. So Moura, look as Moura goes on, Sonny goes on, Harry goes on. Twenty minutes later, Harry gets a hat trick. Delhi Ali, interestingly, was one of the players taken off. Rob, which I thought, hmm, okay, mm. wonder what this means for the weekend. Is he saving him? Is he thinking not involved today? Didn't get on the pitch today. If if this doesn't start to happen for Delhi, and, and I think we're both Delhi Ali fans because of we know what he can be in the yeah. capabilities, but at some point, Rob, we've got to start saying it's a long time since we the goal, the, the famous flick over the head in there. It's a long time since the 17 in a season. So it's long, I mean, are we being a bit nostalgic? I mean, is it another manager who still can't get it out of him? Well, it's been a few now. Mm. And, I, and I think at some point you're going to have to cash in. And, and, and reinvest the money in a different player that can maybe be more consistent. I mean, that's the last thing I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to have a player that's, you know, expecting to do better things, giving him opportunity after opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. It's a strange one to me how he's not doing more for the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems to be working a little harder. But again, you expect him to be creating the final third and, and making those runs in behind that you always did and scoring the goals and arriving in the box. Um, but no, it, it, it's a strange one. And, and Spurs now can maybe move on a little bit. And, and yeah. if they look better without Delhi, that's bad news for Delhi. Bad news when you're, when you're left out the side, and it's happened to both of us, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. You're like, oh, they, they're winning without me. It's not good. Um, but anyway, good for Nuno. Good three yeah. points. Yeah. Good for the conference a little bit. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Let's take it to Ellen Road, where the game wasn't overly uh, tight. Leeds got their first win of this season against Watford. Won the win, Urante with the goal. It was Leeds having plenty of possession, actually creating enough chances, didn't quite take them, but the one goal was enough to get all three points. Siskos Munoz, the, who's started with Watford, seven points from seven games now. I remember I did a little bit of work on the team, thought it was quite a nice balance of, of young Talented players like Tavsar and Dennis with the Sissokos and Cooker and and um, Danny Rose at fullback. And I kind of was looking at them thinking, decent mm. start by Watford. Look like they're going to be competitive this year. No guarantee of staying up, but look like, you know, they're going to be in around it. So anyway, we, we, we have the 1-0 victory to Leeds. Leeds get their win. Bielsa is a little bit happier for things and hope things will, will take off. And then... I mean, we, we arrive in the studio this morning, mate, to the, to the news. Rebecca's like, the first thing, Munoz is gone. It's like, what? I mean, only the Premier League. But having said that, only Watford in the yeah. Premier League. I mean, yeah. I think we said in the end, you know, surprised. Maybe shocked is better, not surprised. Shocked that it's happened, but not surprised because it's Watford and that's what Watford do. And I know some people are kind of saying, well, it's OK, this is what they do. It isn't okay for me, mate. Seven games, and it isn't okay. A young manager who's trying to find his way, who's got a team up, who's had a reasonable start in 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 the league. It's like, well, if they didn't want him, if they didn't think he's a Premier League guy, right. thank him for getting us up out the the league. See him off and get somebody in who you do believe in. But you know, the, the, the trans people don't realise, Rob, and we've both been in situations. They trauma that you go through when a, when a manager changes in a football club things change 
sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But there's a there is a there is a there is a trauma. There is a, there is a break in the club that has to be put back together. And they're talking Ranieri, possibly his favourite. We might hear him the next day, so we're others. But I just think it's a gamble every time you 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 break that bond and then say, oh, this new guy will come in. He'll do it for the next six months. I don't know, mate. It just, I'm not, I was really uncomfortable. I and mean, Rebecca said to me, what do you think about it? And I kind of said, maybe it sounds a little bit flippant, but I'm really not bothered. What for the team that would bother me? Because I just can't take them seriously. Listen, I, I and I spoke in support of uh, the Pozzo family and what they've done mm-hmm. at their football clubs and at Watford. And I and I understand the, the idea, the philosophy of, 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 of regularly changing the manager. Now, when I say regularly, maybe after a season, or two seasons, and we go in the right direction. Okay, let's go somebody else. I think because the setup is the players. Everybody knows that a coach comes in to coach the players. The players are brought in by the ownership and the directors of football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when you're talking seven games in, and you're absolutely right, there's no way they expected him to last. It's almost like well done, Cisco. Like great, we got promotion. Here's your reward. You have a few games, but really, as soon as they got any kind of material, and by the way, two wins, more scoring more goals than Spurs mm. and Arsenal. I mean, and seven points. And seven, I mean, that's 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 form to stay in the division. Yeah, it is. And they and they now want to do it to get an experienced manager in. So I am going to go for Cisco Munoz as my underappreciated performer. Wow. Given wow. what he's done in promoting this football club, mm. what he's done in a difficult start, trying to integrate twelve new summer signings into this team, which is never easy. How many times have we talked about promoted sides bringing loads of players in? It's not easy, and they've had a good start two games from seven you know seven uh two 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 wins and a draw uh is pretty good so underappreciated cisco munoz and and finally before we move on rob i i, I researched in the summer about watford when they get promoted of course we're looking yeah. at how they play who they got and what's going on and i saw a really nice interview with cisco and he is the most likable warm character for an interview and in mm. that interview i think troy Deeney was in the interview as well and was talking about how everybody loves cisco and yeah. how he's been so warm and nice to everybody around the club tremendous man manager very fair with his players and he was really light mm. so back to your point to finish on this well the players are like what well, hang on a minute we, we kind of liked him and he and we're working okay and now somebody else will come through the door and I joked on the set earlier, Rob, that if it's Claudio Ranieri, if he lasts the whole season, <laughs> that'll be his biggest achievement as a manager. Even bigger than bigger. When, bigger than time. <laughs> yeah, just to stay for 30 games at Watford Football Club. So oh, we'll, if it yeah. is him, we'll see. Um, but I thought that was a... I, I nearly I couldn't believe it. We walked in, Rebecca oh. said, I'm like, wow. Do you know what? Uh, I mean, you made a big statement. You said that's probably the, the, the biggest um, sacking we've had since, since we took over. The most, ridi- the most, most ridiculous. ridiculous sorry, yeah, yeah. those are your actual words. Um, and I almost, you know, it's almost like this club's become a bit of a figure of, of fun. And that's why I chucked in, like, listen, Ted Lasso might be there on Monday. <laughs> I mean, it's just like anything could happen with these lot. They might have watched this series and think he's got some good qualities. Yeah, he's tasted, yeah. Oh, Ted Lasso, <laughs> let's bring him into Watford. So we'll wait and see over the next couple of days who gets that job, mate. But, it, you know... I wouldn't be uh, moving house and, you know, bringing the family no. with you because it, it, it might not, short term might not be, be, be for too long. Let's take things down to Selhurst Port, where we had a really interesting game. I mean, Patrick Vieira is somebody we know, played against, got a little, you know, relationship with, and soon get a chance to go to England. I'll probably go down to Palace and try and watch a bit of training, have a chat to Patrick, see what he's thinking. So I've, I've almost got this fascination with what's Patrick Vieira, the Premier League manager, about at this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of changes. He's put in just some young players. They're trying to change his style of playing system. And they found themselves 2-0 down, Rob, to a lesser team that's had a bit of a struggle of late in mm-hmm. results across all competitions in Europa and um, in, the, in the Premier League. But Leicester got themselves 2-0 up. Iheanacho and, and Vardy, the two strikers, getting a goal apiece. And at 2-0, I'm not sure we saw two all with Palace coming back and looking the more likely to win it. No. Um, game of two halves. And I think the the goals came for Leicester on the back of mistakes from Palace mm-hmm. in their attempt to play and to play out from the back. And this this kind of style change that Vieira wants to bring. And I've got to say, on the balance of things, it's, it's doing all right. I know today... You know, the two goals conceded, you know, the mistake from uh, Joaquin Anderson for the first goal. Yeah. 
they were a little bit advanced for the second goal for uh, for Jamie Vardy. But I, I, I am liking what I'm seeing. Um, we worried about them because of the amount of change, new manager, new players, new style change, new philosophy. And that all those changes, I think the fans have enjoyed it, Rob. And you can sense around Salah's part. There's a, there's a good vibe uh, uh, and a feel around the football club at the moment. And that's why the second half was so important. Don't get bogged down with, by, by, by carefully yeah. trying to play out from the back. That's the way they're going to go, and that's fine. But don't, don't get bogged down. Second half, they weren't. They moved it through forward, and they kept on the front foot. They kept the game in, in uh, Leicester's half. They didn't have to risk playing through the back in bad areas where they could make mistakes in, in the costume, which did in the first half. So, great comeback. Michael Lise looks yeah. really, really good. Yeah. About Eze to come back in the team as well. Yeah. You know, Odegaard up front, Edward up front, sorry. Odson Edward up front. Uh, maybe we'll get better with time. I, I, I like what I'm seeing, yeah. but of course... You know, the league table doesn't lie. They've they just got to be careful that, again, two goals here conceded were avoidable. If they brush up on that with the attacking talent that they've got, I think they're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, and, and I'm pleased for Patrick because I've seen a few of the games now this season and they probably perform better than the points. I thought it was important they got a point something out of today. I mean, you know, disappointingly drew with Brighton last kick of the game almost with the Mope equaliser. Delighted for that he puts two substitutes on. And one of them's brave, Rob, by the way. Conor Gallagher, to take him off and put Jeffrey yeah. Slup on. You know, Gallagher's yeah. been the life, got yes. the goals and made it happen. And he's decided that maybe, you know, he's, he, he might be feeling a bit tired or he wants to go a slightly different way. And Slup comes up with a goal, which will be satisfying for him and a bit reassuring. And, and if I was a Palace fan right now, I'd be feeling pretty... Pretty good about things yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah, they're, they're, I think so. We should be okay, and maybe some exciting different times ahead. We know Roy, what he did and how he did it. He was brilliant, and lots of respect. But um, certainly for Crystal Palace, the, the I think the future looks bright, and Patrick seems to be enjoying the job and getting his message across to the young players. Manager who just Rob has had a bit of a tricky time of, of late, and, and I heard last week, and whether it was Luckman that because Luckman came off or because Madison came on, but the Leicester fans booed Brendan Rodgers or booed the situation last week. I'm not quite sure which of, of, of it was, but things not quite as, as we've expected yeah. from uh, the King Power with Brendan. No, it, it's surprising, isn't it? I mean, mm. we know that we know Johnny Evans is important. We know yeah. that Wesley Fafana having that bad injury was a blow, but I still didn't kind of see this struggle mm. and lack of... Looks like there's a lack of excitement, Rob. And I sometimes, it's just something, and I'll, and I'll get your take on it, Rob. I sometimes feel Brendan Rogers when he first goes into a club and he brings in these lovely fresh ideas and he works really well with young players. There's a, there's a, there's a, a freshness about the team and the way that they play. And he's good tactically. Mm. But maybe, maybe after a little while, does that sparkle seem to go? And does he need to kind of motivate and make the team perform in a different way. Is there something in him as a coach, Rob, that, that, that's lacking? Or is this a load of over, overthinking it and they're in a bit of bad form at the moment or a bad moment, as they say nowadays, and, and they will get through it and, 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 and shoot up the league? I mean, it's an interesting question. It's an honest question. Um, I still believe in him. Um, I think I, I understand with the newness and freshness and you do get that. And maybe someone suggested it's that, the reason why he hasn't had a big six job is because there's a period where it does all go good and then, then it, it drops off a bit flat. I think injuries have played a big part. Johnny Evans is, is hugely important for Fauna. We were saying, you know, defending, they haven't defended well, so Yunchu's not looked anywhere near safe and secure when he's had to be the lead man with a different partner. James Madison, his form's dropped off. Don't quite know what's going on there from mm, possibly going to Arsenal. Arsenal in the summer can't get in the team. Adam Lukman looks a better, more brighter, uh, creative force in the midfield. Vardy continues to get goals. So I'm not going to be as down. And I believe in Brendan. I think he's a good yep. coach. I think he'll find a way to work it out as players get better. Um, but yeah, a little test for him. Listen, I, I was saying it's a test for Patrick Vieira this season and his management and his learning and his handling of situations. Even more experienced managers. Brendan Rodgers won many things up in Scotland. Had good success in English football. Uh, before taking Liverpool close, but he's going to now show he can be a good manager again at, at the King Power. Yeah, and uh, defensively, he said before the game in his press conference that we've got to get better defensively. Mm. That's not better. So, again, work to do. Just a quick, again, Jamie Vardy continues to 
sure. ama- amazed me really with his sharpness and his hunger and desire. At 34 years of age, yeah. he's got six goals now, Robin. I mean, I mean, yeah. Seven Premier League, six goals in a team that's not doing great. He is a, I think he's an inspirational type of player. I, I got to say that um, maybe because he's, he's got started in the pro game a little late, but continues to, to do the business. Absolutely. Uh, I tell you, he continues to do the business. Thomas cool. Franks Brentford, by the way. I mean, I think, you know, people who'd watched and I'd seen a bit of them in the championship and I know they, they got beaten in the playoffs last time around and disappointment and then they made it this time. And I think everybody saw there's a story in Brentford, a little bit, not condescending, but, you know, little Brentford, small ground, they're going to have a good go and hopefully they might be able to scrape their way in. Yeah. I don't think there's any scraping going on this season with Brentford from what I've seen from seven games, mate. No, no. scraping at all. No, no. And um, just the way that they're playing, is it's impressive. Mm. It's impressive. And the continuity defensively has been pretty strong. Um, just Christoph Ayer coming from, from Celtic that's played a little bit. It didn't start this game. Uh, and, and through midfield, Christian Norgard, Rob, we're yeah. going to... I think we're going to enjoy him and, and, and fans are going to enjoy how he plays. He's one to watch. If you're watching Brentford, you know, everybody talks about it and we talk about Ivan Tony and Brian Mbomo, but just watch for the holding midfield player. Number six, Christian Norgard can play, can really, really play. Mm. And the manager, Thomas Frank, is smart, is intelligent and he's doing what he said he was going to do. Attack as long as they can attack. Uh, try and play entertaining football, but they've got a nice balance, Rob, between trying to play through and the option of going up to those front mm. two, a system that they've, they've grew from last year. Uh, some some canny signings. I mean, Yuan Wissa, I mean, yeah. what the heck? Like, comes <laughs> on and scores every time, it seems, at the moment. So, I mean, that's a, that is a result. And, and looking at the way they scored the last goal, they're, they're on the front foot. They're trying to yeah. take trying the to game win to the game West. In they want to win the game. It's minutes in the, on and the, the clock. piece comes in and they, and they get it done. So, brilliant story. We'll see how it shakes out, Rob. Yeah, yeah. The Premier League you know, is, is, yeah. We get to Christmas and it, it can hit you. Injuries and stuff. It can hit you in the they, winter. And they stuff. look like they're going to be okay. They got a manager yes. who, who enjoys it. He's got a good relationship. Knows his players. There's a hunger. The other thing about that group, Rob, there's, there's a lot of hungry players. I mean, Rebecca said quite rightly that you know there's many players there you'd pass in the street wouldn't know they're Premier League players. I'll tell you what, that gives you sometimes a bit more drive and determination to stay in there, so people do know you and you do get on and. You know, it's what Leeds had last season and, and certainly Brentford have got it in a slightly different way, the way, the way they play, a little bit more structure. But yeah, excellent results going away to a West Ham team that are in decent form themselves. So, yeah. good win for Brentford. Move on to Wolves. Wolverhampton Wonders who could do with a win and they um, backed up the win last weekend with a 2-1 win against Newcastle. Raul Jimenez involved in both the goals. Great to see him back amongst involved in goals, scoring them and making them. Uh, he Chang Wang, the ball. Looks like he's going to be a fan's favourite uh, with, with the team as well, Rob, in, in the way he plays. Really great result for Bruno Large. Steve Bruce, by the way, my friend, not so good. No. Not sure what's going on at Newcastle. No. Yeah, it's funny, Rob, because this season, I know uh, Lee Dixon and Graham Nassau in our pregame show from, uh, from England were talking yeah. about the quality of the Premier League in depth and the teams all down the league. And you're seeing new managers come in and be bright and be front foot managers and attacking managers. And, and Thomas Frank at Brentford is trying to play. And we know about uh, God, uh, Graham Potter at Brighton yeah. trying to play. Yeah. Steve Bruce isn't that guy. And I think the Newcastle fans, Rob, are frustrated that they want one of those guys. If there's one thing that we know and we know what the Newcastle fans want is a, is a team that has a go and tries to play and, and has some flair players, which they have got. And I think that's a frustration. Now, are they going to struggle on with Steve Bruce? History says they will. The fans want something different. And whether you think of an Eddie Howe or the way that they play or, or somebody else out there, Bruno Lage is a good example of there's some good coaches out there, Rob. Good coaches that would love, love the opportunity to coach Newcastle United. Large is finding a way. Love his approach. Love his way of being more attack-minded than Nuno and doing it a little bit differently and switching out the forward players. And, and Adama Troy that was linked to some big clubs and switching out with others that have come yeah, in and done the business. Out, so, yeah, yeah I, I think they'll struggle on with, with Newcastle and he'll get some odd results and they'll have some disappointment ones. And the radios will light up in, in, in <laughs> Newcastle, uh, the phones and stuff. And then they'll get a result. And I think it will just sway like that all season. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. Yeah. I don't know what Newcastle fans want. 
I just don't know how long Mike Ashley and the board are, are okay oh, with mm. the current situation. Yeah, they definitely need Callum Wilson back at maximum. Yeah. Uh, playing at the top at the moment, but if Callum Wilson makes him a whole different um, category, and if he can get back scoring goals, then chance for them. Let's move on to um, wrap things up. Brighton nil, Arsenal nil. Um, a Brighton team who I didn't think played that well against Palace and, and got the 1-1 draw. Played so much better against Arsenal. This time I had a nil-nil draw. Again, it's converting those chances, turning some of that possession in, into goals. But their structure, Rob, their, their play under Graham Potter is there to see. It, it, it's ingrained with what we now know is Graham Potter's style. You know, talking about the likes of Oli and, and Pep and, and, and mm. that, you, you can see exactly yeah. what they're doing. I think we differ a little bit on Arsenal, and I, and I won't speak for you. I thought there's a, there's a decent takeaway from Arsenal. Didn't play particularly well. Didn't create an awful lot of chances. The odd chance Smith Rowe probably with their best one of, of a breakaway. But for me, what I took away from this game for Arsenal is didn't play well. The new phrase is you have to suffer and come through. I thought they suffered when they had to, and they found a way to get a point. And for mm. some of these young players, the, the Sackers, the Odegaards, the Smith Rose, they're still learning the trade. And, and sometimes I remember playing games and in a nil nil like that. And, and it used to think, like, I'll shove that one away. Some days when I'm not playing well, just make sure I don't get beaten. And, and I know what that is and I know what that feels like. And I thought that was what Arsenal got from this. Some days when we don't play well, let's make sure we get a point. I hear you. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's one side of the argument. I, I just was disappointed that the team, the manager, couldn't find a way to change the flow. Mm. And, and to be fair, Graham Potter said after the game, Rob, in an interview, mm. that's about as good as it gets from us mm. in their general play. Yeah, yeah. And how they pass the ball. And they create stuff. They didn't score, so of course it can be better. Mm. But he liked the way they played. I think we all like the way that they played in this game. But wouldn't you expect, and I know it's young, and I get your mm. point, and, and a nil-nil when they don't play well, but I just thought the, it's a learning experience for the younger yeah. players, Rob. Yeah. You know, the Saka and Odegaard and Smith-Rowe yeah. are talented. Mm. But is that a learning experience where, in away games, sometimes you've got to find a way to affect it and find a way to mm. flip and change this flow and momentum? Let's get on the ball. Let's put a few passes together. Let's get them to, to struggle a little bit and chase shadows a little bit and force them back. And we can use our system yeah, over this. Yeah. That never happened the whole game. No, no, I always no. say, Rob, it's a cliche. There's one of my favorite cliches. Like, in the game of football, two halves are never the same. They kind of were here. Brighton on top, forcing Arsenal back. It was a wicked night weather and stuff. Yeah. But I was just a little disappointed that Arsenal... You know, they're going to be a footballing team. Yeah. Never got to grips with playing good football, really, in the 90 minutes. And uh, but, it, but maybe you're right. Maybe you take it on the chin. It's a young team learning. Yeah. And they didn't lose the match. Yeah. There's going to be learnings. And listen, they're well up for North London derby at home with the fans in there. Maybe not so much away from home. And again, young pros learning the game, understanding the game. Uh, you take a point. You know, get to the video room, get back on the training ground and, and do some learning. All right, finally wrapped up with the final game of the weekend. Burnley nil, Norwich nil. Maybe not surprised, 19th versus 20th in the league. Norwich struggling for goals. Burnley not much better. Um, nothing great about this game, Rob. Norwich's point of view, I suppose, it's the first point on the board for them uh, under Daniel Falk. I mean, these are well, conversation to be had maybe about how they just almost waving the white flag in some respects coming up for me, mate. I just just didn't feel like it should be okay to me mm. just to accept that, you know, we'll probably go back down again. Farker plays a nice style of football mm. and Farker has got experience of getting them promoted. Mm. I I wonder if now there's other, there's other coaches that played nice football mm. with our squad and our philosophy could probably get us promoted as well yeah. and then make a bit of a better fist of it. Make a bit of a, a better attempt at staying in the league. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether my narrative, when my, my opinion is going to change. How is it going to change? I mean, I'm sure the Norwich fans want to have a good season and then a season where they don't win anything or score any goal. I, I don't know. I, I, and Burnley, I, I'm assuming, Rob, that they're going to find the ways to win games and start yeah, scoring goals. Yeah. 
Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I bit, thought yeah. last year they might have a real struggle and get relegated. So this year I'm like, well, they proved mm. me wrong last year. They're probably going to be okay again. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. But yeah. I do expect them to start grinding. Um, yeah. And most of the players are fit for them. Defending key mm. players that were out early last season. Uh, but yeah, nil-nil, enough yeah. said. Maybe they'll make the international break, do a bit of work, restart and come back uh, as we get into the month of October. Listen, mate, huge weekend of football. It's been a couple of days of, of great games, great action. No bigger than the game at Anfield where we've got a brilliant game of football. Ended up on us uh, even 2-2 draw. It's a weekend where I thought Arsenal hung in, Manchester United hung on and Brentford won again. Don't forget the Fan Fest that's coming up uh, in LA at the Coliseum. To get tickets for that, you can go to nbcsports.com backslash Premier League Mornings Live uh, and get your tickets there. Come down and see me, Mr. Musto. Mr. Tim Howard and her ladyship herself, Lady Lowe, will be down in LA on the 23rd and 24th of October. And also, a note for your diary, my buddy, Mr. Musto, sat down with Jordan Henderson two midfield maestros talking it out there and look out for that interview we're going to run that on our podcast next Wednesday October the 6th so look out for uh, Musty sitting down with Jordan Henderson some great insights from the Liverpool captain but for now I'm Earl he's Musty together with the two Robbies thanks for watching and listening be safe stay healthy it's a good night from me and it's a good night from him good night Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.